Hi Alice, welcome to the Hi Alice podcast. I'm recording this on the 22nd of October 2022, after the death of Christ. And um, yeah, it's autumn at the moment, and it's my definitely my favourite time of year. In fact, it might be the only time of year that I actually genuinely really like. I think there's things I dislike about all the other seasons, um, but I particularly do like the autumn. In this house, I think I've mentioned before when I was talking about the summer, that in the summer this house doesn't get too hot, which is good, but it does mean that in the winter it gets extremely cold. Uh, I went and looked up the energy rating certificate and it's got a very poor energy rating. Um, we don't have any central heating we've just got we've just got like an electric storage heater in the living room um and it's like a terraced house with um a living room where you know sometimes terraced houses are chopped in two two rooms but ours has just got one kind of big uh living room and that storage heater is just completely ineffectual and it costs quite a lot of money to run it so i mean usually we don't run it if we just leave everything alone i've got a little temperature gauge that i mainly use for uh checking the humidity because i need the humidity to be a certain percentage for my guitar not to be damaged by taking on water it'll be about 12 degrees in the in the living room and if we put the heating on the storage heater it'll go up to about 14 degrees so you're still cold but you're spending absolutely loads of money and especially now loads more money on that so I'm pretty much just gonna not bother with turning that on this year since it's gonna cost me a lot of money. So winter not my favourite um, in this house maybe I'd feel differently if I had a, <laughs> a house that had some decent heating. There's things I do like about summer but also I don't like being super hot when I go outside and um yeah, my skin's not really built for the for the sun. It's I read I read this thing that it said that that like redheaded people, their skin like produces its own vitamin D, and like when I look at my skin, my skin is pretty much ginger skin. I just don't have ginger hair, but like my I get like ginger in my beard, and and like said so is my dad and my grandma is ginger. So and like my dad and my skin and my grandma's skin is all you know, like orange freckles and very pale, like you would expect on a red-headed person. So I wonder if my skin is the same, but one of the things that happens to me now is because I spent quite a lot of years not wanting to, well, not really going out too much in the sun, I guess, but certainly not going out very much and like taking my shirt off in the sun. And now I've my, the skin that is usually covered by a t-shirt is basically allergic to the sun. Um, I get like, uh, I get a rash when I go out in the sun. It's the, like the rash goes away pretty quickly. And it, they, it just looks like getting a load of like, sort of like spots, but like, yeah, somewhere between spots and a rash. And it's just your immune system mistakenly thinking that the sun is bad for you. So the rash comes up. But yeah, it's a bit, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but it's just this thing that's a bit like, I can't go out in the sun or I'll get a rash. <laughs> but, but I mean, I still do. I don't mind enjoying the, the sun a little bit. But yeah, I would be interested to know whether that's true about vitamin D because I get worried about 
uh, vitamin D in the winter and I've, I've, the last couple of years I've been taking uh, tablets but if my skin is producing it itself because obviously that's the whole I mean that's the whole that's the only reason that whiteness exists in the first place is you've got further away from the uh, from the equator and uh, yeah you didn't need to have uh, dark skin anymore uh, because of the uh, yeah I don't <laughs> I don't know the science that well enough to have <laughs> Start pontificating on it, so I'll just stop there. The autumn, just absolutely beautiful. The colours on all the trees, the leaves. I just when you get like a real blue sky, and then you send the sun out, but the sun's not too hot, but it's just like shining, and it just shines on all of these reds and oranges and yellows. It's, it's just uh, what's not to like about that. And then, yeah, I'm also when I was young, I was kind of obsessed with conkers, and I still get really excited when I see just conkers on the floor, I just want to possess them. Um, I remember when I was young I just like collected like two big bin bags full of conkers and I just like had them in my room and then it's like <laughs> there's nothing to actually be done with them, I just wanted to possess them. <laughs> and then like eventually my mum was just like uh, I'm gonna throw these away. So yeah, well there you go, enjoying the autumn, hope you are too. Um, one of the things I did that was like autumn-y was uh, I went to see this film called First Cow, which I saw when it came out last year, and uh, this independent cinema in Exeter called The Phoenix did a screening of it. Um, they do like a food on film seasons, and for the autumn they picked this film. And with the screening, they made like in the film they're basically the sort of premise of the film is that they're in they're in Oregon in the 1800s and it's like people uh, looking for beaver pelts looking for gold I would imagine and you know the start of called what would it be called the American what's it called but you know what I mean the American West and, and whatnot and in this place this kind of little territory somebody who's got like power he's like a proto ceo basically um he brings over a cow and it's the first cow in the territory hence the name and then there's this the main character is a cook and he's called cookie because he's a cook that's not his real name he starts to steal milk from this cow in order that he can make uh, nice little cakes and things and uh, yeah, he starts making these oily cakes and, and selling them. But the point is, is that when I went to the screening, a local bakery had like, you could like order them before the screening, had like made some of the oily cakes. So you had like a box of oily cakes and you could, uh, when, the, when the people in the film start eating them and going crazy for them, you can like eat the oily cake at the same time and taste what it was like. And uh, I've never, I've never, uh, I've never experienced anything like that for the film, but it was really, uh, it was really powerful the way... I mean, I really loved the film the first time I saw it anyway. But, yeah, actually, these characters getting, like, really, like, excited about these cakes. And then it's like, oh, I'll actually eat one. It's like, oh, yeah, do you know what? This bloody is nice. I'll pay ten of my silver bits for it as well. Other than that, what I wanted to... What's been on my mind just in the last couple of days is... Uh, thought about the word random and how... Because I heard somebody say it and I thought, oh, that's kind of, like, lost lost favour hasn't it and I remember I remember that it got really the word random got really big and it used to kind of irritate me 
because I didn't feel like it was being used properly. And basically when people said random, they just sort of meant two different nouns that didn't belong together. And you know, like, remember like those, uh, those sweets, round trees, randoms, and that was, they just did an advert where they were like, oh, the whatever, the bloody mashed potato revolver or whatever, <laughs> which I think is actually a Noel Fielding thing. But yeah, it just used to sort of mildly irritate me when people, oh, that's random. That's no, it's not. It's definitely not random. Here's, here's the system. You've picked a load of nouns that don't belong together. Therefore, I've just found a system to what you're saying. Therefore, it's not random. And I remember at the time doing research on it and basically finding out that the human brain is almost incapable incapable of randomness, as, uh, especially when it comes to language and, and, and whatever. But yeah, anyway, it just used to... Uh, it wasn't my favourite kind of word, but it made. But what it made me think of more generally was kind of language in general and the way language changes and this whole thing of people not using words correctly, you know, in quotes. Um, and yeah, just like reflecting on my own, what's the word, my own kind of uh, intolerance of it um, and, where, and where that might come from or what or whether that's a you know a good trait or not and I, I tend to think it's probably not a great trait but to just be I don't know we've probably all got our little individual ones where we don't like people to get them wrong but I think my dad was quite into correcting people's misuse of things so maybe I kind of picked it up there and I think maybe that generation particularly I think there was a bigger emphasis on that sort of thing, maybe going on in schools or just in general, like a, like a classism thing of elitism of here's the correct way of speaking and you only learn that correct way if you've got a good education and if you didn't, then no, that's a good way we can we can differentiate you and pick you out. But I remember, uh, one I remember my dad always saying would be fewer. So if somebody on the news said, oh, there's less of those and he'd be like, fewer? I mean, I'm sure as an English student, you've probably uh, come across a lot of this sort of thing. But yeah, I think some of the ones that uh, unique used to be one that used to really get on my nerves when people would say, oh, that's very unique or really unique. And I'm like, no, it's either unique or it isn't. There's no gradations. Something can't be very unique. It's either unique or it isn't. But now I think in the dictionary, that's actually it's actually changed because of um, because of usage. So now people use it basically just to mean unusual, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, that's now one of its kind of definitions because language changes and the way people use it is the only thing that's important, really. But I remember reading an essay by David Foster Wallace that was about this, and it was basically about grouped people into two categories um, depending on what their thinking on this was and I believe it was prescriptivists who were the people who said these are the rules these are the correct usages so therefore this is the correct meaning of the word unique and any deviation from that is simply wrong and there's no evolution of it this is this is what is this is how it should be therefore prescription prescriptive and then there was the descriptives descriptive is and they were more about how language is used so they would be the people who said ah unique is being used by people they're saying very unique 
uh, or really unique, and therefore it's moved away from its original meaning, which meant one of a kind, and uh, now it's uh, it's this, yeah. And I think you know, there's other other examples, isn't there? Like I, I mean, ironic. That's I mean, that's basically lost all meaning, and obviously, uh, literally now has, has lost all meaning um, in terms of. Yeah, I, I, I obviously won't have to. I don't have to explain that to you. You, you will. Uh, you will know. But I find it's obviously. I keep saying obviously over and over again. But maybe I'll edit some of them out. <laughs> it's funny the little speech ticks you get when you're uh, recording a podcast for your friend, and you start to notice them, and then you're like, oh, I say that all the time. But yeah, ad- adjectives, ones that basically that mean good and bad. I find that they tend to lose their meaning really quickly. I guess because they're just used a lot. But you can look at all sorts of adjectives that just mean good or bad. And they just get used so they just get used interchangeably until it almost loses all meaning. Like the one I the word terrific, which originally meant terrifying, uh, came to be known as good. And I wonder whether things get used sarcastically first, maybe. So like, oh this is you know, terrific. I don't know. Whether it's that or whether it's just this thing of they start getting used so frequently, but I mean, like the word "incredible" as well. So like when people are like, "Oh, that's an, what an incredible album" or whatever. It's like, well, incredible means not credible. So if you were to tell an incredible story, well, that would mean that you've basically told a false story. It would be it would be like a diss, like the the defendant told an incredible story about where he had been on the night of the murder. That would be like, oh, that means he's lied. That means we there's no yeah, credence to his story. Or But now, yeah, it just means that's good. And there's, uh, yeah, lots of other lots of other examples like that. But, but yeah, in terms of whether it's a kind of... Uh, I can't... I sort of find myself not being able to help being kind of annoyed by some, by some of these things. Um, but... Yeah, I do try and be mindful of it as well, and that yeah, being pedantic about it is not really helping anyone. And uh, yeah, I probably would find myself more more towards wanting to be on the descriptivist's side of just like you know, like looking at language and this is how it changes and evolves, and uh, which it always has done and it always will do. And uh, yeah, because I don't, I mean, I don't like it in other people when other people start trying to correct these things or whatever. I don't think, oh yeah right on well you know so i don't really want to be on their team it does seem to me that yeah it's just a bit strange because it's like well at some point there has to be some kind of rule doesn't there or else we've just got (laughs) otherwise everything becomes kind of meaningless and uh yeah i'm quite a big fan of context and meaning and order i suppose but you don't have uh, control over that so you have to kind of get on with it i mean one of the other things i was thinking about um, in and around that was um, with with this idea of, of of prescriptivists being this kind of class thing or this elitism thing to dismiss the use of language by you know, people who aren't as well educated and stuff was this this thing of of, of um, spellings in the US being different and simplified and obviously there's a lot of things you're like oh Americans or oh, they spelt color wrong. When I found out about why that got put into place, it was in order to simplify the spelling, in order to democratise it so that more people would be able to be literate, more people would be able to spell. So when you hear the intention and ideology behind it, it's kind of difficult to 
to uh, be angry at it, <laughs> if you ask me. And um, a lot of English language spelling and things really don't make too much sense. I think there's a lot of things in English that are probably really difficult for a non-native speaker. I can't remember who said it the other day, but I remember someone, I saw someone saying about the English language and they were like, the first time you see that, that in a sentence together and you're like, oh dear. But anyway, yeah, I don't think I've got too much else to report. Um, oh, I remember I told you a while ago that I liked Beyonce's Lemonade album. Recently, Beyonce brought out a new album called Renaissance, and I didn't like it very much. I've only listened to it once, but Lemonade was like about something, and it was it had like a through line, and it was I thought really good in terms of that. Whereas this one just seems more I don't know, just general, and uh, a lot of the songs just seem to be about how great I am as Beyonce how great Beyonce is, and uh, yeah, I don't know, that gets a bit boring to listen to for me, but yeah, one of the things I noticed on it was um, how it had loads of kind of like, I don't know if it's like bang up to date, but like quite up to date, like slang in it, and I just thought, Beyonce's like, I'm not sure how old she is, but I think she's like a couple of years older than me, two or three years older than me, and I thought, I mean, I'm not up on the latest slang, really. Like, the way people speak on the internet just disturbs me. And I have to go and look up what these things mean, and I'm just like, oh, jeez, stop talking like that. <laughs> but, yeah, when, and Beyonce would, it kept coming up in these songs. I, I can't really think of any examples off the top of my head, but I just thought this just seems kind of like pandering, or just like, like really clearly that you yourself, Beyonce, don't speak like this because like I don't know I mean maybe she does but I just feel like do you really have your ear to the street Beyonce I mean you're like a mum who's I don't know like obviously she lives in a completely different world because she's a celebrity and probably a billionaire or but yeah it just kind of struck me as kind of I don't know like false and obviously she's not writing 100% of all her own songs but yeah just a little different phrases in there where I was just like, okay. But one of the ones that, <laughs> in one of the songs, she talks about having pretty tig old bitties. And I was like, like big old titties, basically. And I was like, that's like a, I remember that there was like a song on, I don't know if you ever used to go on Ebaum's World, like early internet, it was just like, you know, funny videos and stuff like this. And this wasn't even like a funny video. This was just somebody who just like, it was just a piece of misogyny basically where somebody was just like, oh, Britney Spears, she's got some tig old bitties. Oh, Christine Aguilera, she's got some tig old bitties. And I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, is this a deliberate reference? <laughs> or is this a thing that people say? Because I've only ever heard it being said in this uh, song, if you want to call it that from Ebound's World, and now in this song from Beyonce, and I just thought, that's a bit odd. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad she's happy with her, the appearance of her breasts, that's nice. She also had a song that was about her bum, and her bum getting bigger and bigger, and I thought, well, don't disagree with the premise of that, so fine. But yeah, I uh, wasn't as enthusiastic about that Beyonce album as I was Lemonade. And I think I did listen to one previous one before Lemonade and had a similar kind of underwhelmed feeling. 
But yeah, I'll uh, I'll leave you go there, and uh, yeah, hope that you're doing all right, and I will speak to you soon. Goodbye.